Welcome to week 24 in the Resilient Catholics community. This is Dr. Peter. We are continuing our journey, our pilgrimage together toward greater internal integration. And we are focusing on connecting with your exile in real time. We're going to go into working with your exiles in real time. That's when exiles are up in the moment, when they're present, when they're prominent in your system. So that's something that many of you have been waiting for. How do we deal with exiles when they are up and active in our systems? But just a quick review. Last week, week 23, that was all about discovering more about your exiles, noticing how it was going, connecting with your exiles, asking the question, what's the fruit of the work? How is it coming along? And there were some recommendations in week 23, right? Remembering to be in self, remembering to have the permission of the exiles protectors in the subsystem of parts built up around that exile. Remembering to ask the exile not to overwhelm with the intensity of his or her experience. And we emphasize the critical role of openness and curiosity, genuine interest in the exile and noticing how the exile is responding to you. We addressed issues of trust, asking the exile if she trusts you or if he trusts you. We can find out so much just by asking. We don't have to make inferences. We don't have to guess. We can ask. We talked about the two reasons for distrust that Jay Early provides us. The first, that you're not in self enough yet. You're still blended with protector parts that the exile doesn't trust. And the second reason is that the exile has a history of betrayal and doesn't trust anyone. If you're having a conversation with an exile, it's a step forward. There was a list of exiles attributes. And, you know, we asked the question, what else would you like me to know? It's helpful to get a name for the exile, how the exile sees herself or himself. And we discussed the questions on page 82 of the Bonnie Weiss self-therapy workbook. Those are designed to help you discover more about your exile and open up a line of communication. It's really like developing a relationship with another person, you know, a young person. We're now going to discuss here in week 24 what to do, how to manage when an exile is up and active in the moment, in real time. And there are two ways that that can happen. There are two ways in which an exile could be up and active in the moment. The first is when we've reached out proactively to the exile. We've invited the exile into relationship in a way that is approved of by our protectors in a way that our protectors find okay, find tolerable. And that's the first way, right? This sort of collaborative venture where we go out and seek the exile after having the approval of the managers. Now, the second option, the second way that an exile can be up in the moment is when an exile breaks out, when an exile jailbreaks and hijacks your system, takes it over, blends and drives your bus. Now, there is a third possibility of an exiled part being integrated and now part of your system. But in that case, if that exile is now welcomed and now has a seat at the table, is now 
working collaboratively and cooperatively with your other parts in a regular way is consistently present, well, then that XL is no longer an XL. That part doesn't have the role of being shut down and banished from your system. And so it's not really an exile anymore. We might think of that as a former exile. All right, so let's go back to that situation in which an exile is upfront and present and loud and blended. Often there's a lot of intensity, right, if that exile is blended strongly. And how do we know? What are the tells that an exile is blended strongly? Well, let's start with body sensations. You can often feel the exile in a particular place in your body. You can feel those body sensations that often reflect the burden that the exile carries. Remember, every exile carries a burden, a burden of intensity, a burden that threatens other parts in your system. That's the reason why that part is exiled. That's the whole reason why parts get exiled is because they carry these burdens that are threatening to our protectors. And often you can feel that body sensation and it reflects a burden like nausea in the stomach or a headache or tingling in the arms or legs or heaviness with a lot of fatigue. There's lots of different ways that exiles can communicate their distress, that they can communicate their intensity through the body. And often you can identify a particular body sensation in a particular place in or around your body with an exile. So I have a part, my feisty part, and one of the ways that that part, when it was exiled, manifested was through this clenched jaw. This, this sort of clenched jaw, like I'm going to bite down. Right? That was the one way that that exile was reflected in my body experience. And there's other ways too, like through the emotional expression. Right? So a lot of times the primary emotions that are so intense for our exiles include grief or sorrow, shame, fear, rage. Those are the primary ones. Those are the four big ones. Grief, shame, fear, and rage. There can be other ones too. Things like guilt and jealousy and disgust and contempt. Oftentimes these experiences are banished or other emotional experiences that are considered threatening by your protectors. Another way that you can identify an exile is by the impulses. Sometimes exiles have very strong impulses, impulses to eat or drink, impulses to use chemical substances, sexual impulses, other kinds of impulses that signal something about the need that the exile has. Often it's a way of trying to fill the void within or trying to cope with the intensity of the burden, the intensity of the unresolved experience that the exile is carrying. 
grief, shame, fear, rage. So those impulses can be a way that you're recognizing that an exile is activated. It's upfront. The same thing with desires, right? Uh, desires are often really, really strong in order to try to solve a problem. These could, again, could be sexual desires, aggressive desires. These could be desires to steal or to lie or to act out in various ways. Impulses and desires. There can also be intense thoughts, assumptions, and beliefs. These are the messages, the self-talk that exiles can sometimes share with us, right? Messages that could seem like they come from a long time ago or that seem very young. Thoughts that come repeatedly about need or about safety or about danger. And then finally, religious beliefs, beliefs about God. Often, exiles have these very strong beliefs about God, these very strong assumptions about God that are based on their God images. And those God images are distorted if they're not in a right relationship with the self. So exiles always carry a burden of some kind. You can identify exiles by body sensations, prominent sensory experiences, emotions, impulses, desires, intense thoughts, assumptions, and beliefs, especially religious beliefs. So how do we work with, how do we work with activated exiles? Well, let's just start with breathing. If it's okay with your system, if it doesn't feel threatening to breathe, then to breathe slowly and regularly. And to remember that exiles don't blend unless they have an important reason. Often, the reason that exiles blend is because of this frantic need to be seen, heard, known, and understood, just to be noticed. And when there's blending, you know there's always a question of danger and safety. There's always a fear that drives a blend. And what's the solution? Well, the solution is trust. Openness, acceptance, gentleness, kindness, this is the way to be trustworthy with an exile. Kind of like the horse whisperer, that Robert Redford movie. We want to engage with the exile who is present in real time. And we can think about it as like working with a very upset child. Those of you who are parents or who have been caregivers to little children, you can use what's been helpful for calming and soothing the children under your care. When we do this, we want to focus on the exile increasing a felt sense of safety, a felt sense of security. And again, what's that based on? It's based on trust. It's based on a confidence that it's okay to be with you separate but near. So when we're working with exiles who are activated up large and blended in real time, we want to pause and turn inward to turn inside yourself and first realize that you're blended, to name that reality, to say out loud, I am blended right now. 
It helps us to get oriented to say it out loud. And then we're going to be seeing if we can catch the attention of the exile. The exile might believe that he or she is alone. The exile may not know that you as the self are present. And the exile may not be familiar with your inner self when you are unblended. You might never have experienced you as unblended. And so we're considering the possibility of being together, you as self and your exile, separate but near. And we can ask the question to the exile, will you unblend? Can you dial it down from an intensity of seven or eight or nine or 10 on a 10 point scale? Can you scale that down? Can you dial that down a few notches so that I can be with you? So that we can be together. You can say, I can't be in relationship with you, dear exile, if you overwhelm me. Now, I want to be clear that unblending doesn't have to be complete or total. But there does need to be enough unblending for there to be some recollection, for there to be some, what IFS would call self-energy, for the self to be able to be present enough to provide a secure environment for that exile. Now, sometimes exiles are concerned. They're not sure if unblending is a good idea. And you can ask, what, would, what do you think would happen if you were more unblended from me. Now, at the same time, we want to be monitoring to see if we are blended with other parts, especially concerned protector parts. We can ask those concerned protectors to see that the, un- that the exile has unblended to at least a certain degree, and would they be willing to unblend? We've discussed working with concerned parts, especially in week seven, when we talked about how to work with our protectors. Right? We've also discussed unblending from exiles when they're not activated in week 21. Now in week 24, we're taking the next step of being able to unblend when we're activated. So there can be this mutual process of unblending. We want to assess our ongoing levels of being in self or being recollected. We want to have this compassionate heart. We're asking how do we feel toward the exile and checking in on how we're experiencing the eight C's. So those include calm, which is a really important C for exiles. It's really important that they sense the calm, especially when they're really distressed. But also the compassion, the connection, and the curiosity, that genuine interest from the self. That's often the first C to go missing when there are protectors. They're not interested in the exile. They're not interested in the exile's experience, not interested in anything other than getting the exile to stop doing what it's doing and to stop being a, quote, problem, end quote. And then also clarity, 
creativity, courage, confidence. And then you can also ask, am I pushing a particular agenda right now? Am I attached to this XL stopping, feeling something, or the XL, am I attached to the XL going away or calming down? Am I just trying to quiet this XL down? Is there an agenda that I'm attached to? So once we have that basic position, once we're engaged, we have the connection, we can listen to the exile's story. We can listen to what in the last few moments or the last few hours activated that exile. What happened that triggered that exile? And what does the exile really need from you? What is what does that exile need in order to reestablish a sense of trust in order to reestablish a sense of safety and protection. And as you get to know the XL better, you'll probably also get to know the protectors who get activated to guard that exile or to guard against that exile. The focus in this phase of the work is on unblending and especially on the self being with the target exile in a relationship that's separate, but near. Now we will work on unburdening in the future. Unburdening is a different topic. The relationship has to come first. How we have that relationship of trust between the self and the exile. And again, writing or journaling can be really helpful here. The chart on page 84 of Bonnie Weiss's self-therapy workbook can be informative. There's an example of that chart filled out on page 85 for an XL named, quote, Little Anthony, end quote. And that chart includes describing the situation, an awareness of what was going on, which parts were triggered, and then the feelings that those parts had and the behavior that resulted. And so that's it for this Interconnections Talk for week 24, all about connecting with an XL in real time. We look forward to seeing you on the other side for the experiential exercise.